everyone, this is Viv, and you're listening to the What Gives Podcast. Hey everyone, so today we're going to switch gears a little bit. I know I've been talking to a lot of nonprofits and mutual aid organizations, but I am here to introduce you to a company and a woman that is doing great things. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you a story of how I met our guest today, Claire. When I was in college, I was interning at a bunch of startups and organizations, and naturally I would cross paths with these young entrepreneurs, and that's where I met Claire. And this girl, she pitched and campaigned for Ant Flow everywhere. I organized a summit called the Leave Eating Poverty Through Entrepreneurship. She pitched it there. We went to give back hackathons. She pitched it there and she did student pitch competitions. I mean, she didn't give up and she never gave up and it paid off. Claire is now the founder and CEO of Ant Flow a company that is committed to ensuring everyone has access to menstrual products. They stock organic menstrual products in businesses and schools, and they do givebacks, and they're honestly working in a space that I think everyone should pay more attention to. So I'm super excited to bring you this episode, and thank you so much, Claire, for joining us, and it is good to see your face again. Woohoo! I'm so <laughs> glad to be with you, Ben. To start off, I know I've probably been there for this and you probably told me this before, but I do want you to walk us through the birth and the story of Ant Flow and how you came up with this idea and figured out a need that you wanted to fill. Yeah. So like most, I prefer solving real problems and I actually started my company after getting my period in public without the supplies I needed. And I was on the toilet. You know how it goes. You're trying to like find a quarter to use to get one of those tampons or pads from those coin-operated dispensers. And I didn't have that. So I'm rolling some toilet paper up like one does. And I thought, you know, if toilet paper is offered in bathrooms for free, why aren't tampons and pads? These products all respond to natural bodily functions. And why isn't this accessible? And so that was actually the impetus for what is now known as Aunt Flow. I had the idea when I was studying at The Ohio State University. I actually left university to start the company. And over the past five years, we have been building what is known as Aunt Flow. And we have a patent pending tampon and pad dispenser to help businesses and schools offer sustainable tampons and pads. So that is what we do. And that is who we are. And we like to say that we are always working to change the world one cycle at a time. I love that. Why menstrual access, I guess? I I know it's a huge issue and I've talked to a lot of women about this. Why is it important to you? Mm. So... One, when I started the company, I mean, I'm, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, where a company is based in Columbus, Ohio. And so thinking about the landscape of conversation around menstruation. Now, Viv, you and I are having a podcast talking about tampons and pads. When I started this company just five years ago in Ohio, no one was talking about menstruation openly. And so even over the past five years, there's been this massive transition on menstrual equity and menstrual conversation, which is critical. Menstruation has been around forever, but now just recently we are talking about it. And why it matters is, first of all, tampons and pads are not covered by WIC and food stamps. So what this means is 
people who are living at or below the poverty line don't have access to some of these basic necessities. There's a lot of conversation around the tax on tampons and pads, and we can go into that, but that's not really solving for the access issue of tampons and pads when you need one, aka when you get your period unexpectedly without products, which our company is solving for, or if you're menstruating and don't have access or financial means to menstrual products because they aren't covered by Wiccan food stamps. And our company is also solving for that too. For every 10 tampons and pads that we sell, we donate one to a menstruator in need or a nonprofit that is serving populations that don't have access. So From a menstrual equity standpoint, why it matters? Well, holy smokes, people are menstruating and don't have access. And why I selected this business to dedicate all of my blood, sweat, and tears to, well, it's a personal issue that I think that can be solved. So when you say populations without access, what populations are you talking about? How do you find these populations? And I know it could be like literally everybody because <laughs> tampons aren't free yet. So it's all of us, but I'm sure there are populations that need it more. Yeah. So our business model is we sell tampons and pads to businesses and schools, and they offer them for free to employees, students, and guests, just like toilet paper. Now, on the other side of the equation, there are still people that don't have access to products because they cannot afford the products. These are people, these are the 16 million potential menstruators living at or below the poverty line right here in the United States. There's obviously additional needs outside of the United States. We're predominantly focused on the U.S. needs. So for every 10 tampons and pads that we sell, we donate one to an organization that supports those people. So we are not in the business of determining who gets what and what, (laughs) um, but we do donate to awesome organizations like period.org, which is one of the largest youth-run nonprofits in the United States that does focus on making sure that people living at or below the poverty line gets access. So we donate to them so that they can distribute to those folks. That's awesome. You know, speaking to you and speaking about this topic makes me think about This conversation I had in episode three with my guest, Wendy, and she talks about these women that go into huts when it's their time of the month Mm -hmm. and they often like they'll be cold. So they'll light a fire and they'll they'll die of the fumes or they'll get bitten by rattlesnakes because they're out in the wild and they still don't have, you know, access to menstrual products. They don't have any education. I know Anflo is going global. So do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, obviously it's it's horrible. We are not the company that is solving those types of issues. We're really focused on United States access right now. And there are organizations that work really well in areas that don't have traditional waterways, uh, sanitation, etc. So when I think about the problems that we solve, frankly, they're most intimate to me. It's hard for me to solve problems that I haven't personally experienced or don't know entirely about. And especially for the folks that are listening to this podcast, they're also probably thinking, how can I make an impact? How can I help? And, and I think it's that's awesome. But really think about the problems that you're personally experiencing and you personally know about. We've seen a variety of companies go and try to donate menstrual products, like traditional tampons and pads to predominantly third world countries. And that's good. But the problem with that is tampons and pads aren't reusable. They aren't sustainable. There's no sanitary waste disposal and it can really hurt traditional waterways. Like if you're just throwing used tampons and pads into those areas where people are drinking out of the same water, it's it's not 
it's not sustainable, nor is it good for that region or area. And so when I when I think about solving solving problems that I personally don't experience, one, I, I always have to hyper-educate. I'm constantly learning. I don't know all of the issues. But what our company is focused on is a problem that still isn't consistently addressed, which is that access to menstrual products in a time when you don't have a tampon and pad, whether at school or at your office place. Cool. It sounds like you have thought a lot about this. And I I want to know what does a world with full access look like to you? What is sort of the end goal of Antflow? If you even mm. have one. Mm. <laughs> we want yeah, Antflow. My job, my job is not done until no one has to worry about getting their period, right? Like regardless of if you have access to product, like regardless of if you can afford tampons and pads, you still might not know when your menstrual, when your period is coming, right? Like I'm really grateful. I can afford tampons and pads and I still get my period in public and don't have access to the products and I'm ashamed and embarrassed. So my job as uh, the CEO and founder of Auntflow is not done until people anywhere don't have to worry about getting their period. And so we have a lot of work to do. It's a big, hairy, audacious goal. We have a lot of work to do, and we're solving one region and one one problem at a time. Well, you guys have done so much so far, and I do want to walk through some of the milestones that you have had. Yeah, I want to hear about the impact that y'all have had. So really grateful. Our, our company really started to grow at the end of 2018 into 2019 and 2020. Obviously, 2020 was a wild year for everyone. But in 2019 and 2020, we did grow to support thousands of companies across the United States. What that looks like is companies like Google and Netflix and Twitter, Princeton University, middle schools, high schools have all purchased products from AntFlow to stock in their business bathrooms. And what that looks like, even from an impact standpoint is we have now worked with legislators to pass legislation in states to require middle schools and high schools to offer free tampons and pads in their bathrooms. And what that looks like and why that matters is even in the United States, most folks think about like you, Viv, where we were talking about like, oh my gosh, these, these tragedies outside of the United States. Well, tragedy is happening right here in the United States as well. By offering free menstrual products in New York City public schools, they saw an attendance increase amongst young girls by 2.4%. And obviously, there was a control group, which were young boys traditionally do not menstruate, although there are some people that menstruate that still don't identify as a woman. But traditionally, the the control group was boys. And we found that by offering menstrual products, it increased attendance by 2.4%, which is obviously directly related to access. And so when we think about offering menstrual products in middle schools and high schools, now California, Illinois, New York, New Hampshire, Virginia, and Georgia all have some form of legislation requiring this. And hopefully it continues to grow across the United States. And this legislation is mostly driven by students, people who are advocating for products so that they can get access at their schools. And so that's been really remarkable in terms of impact over the past few years. And then finally, so obviously we talked about from a business standpoint, from a legislation standpoint, and then finally from a donation standpoint, we've donated over a million menstrual products to people living at below the poverty line in the United States. So those are just some of the things that we've been doing over here at Antflow. And obviously there's still so much more to do. 
I love when you start talking about how this is an issue that actually affects girls going to school because I feel like menstruating. I won't say girls going to school because I don't want to be binary, but we use the term menstruator. Somebody who menstruates, a menstruator goes to school. Yeah. When a menstruator goes to school or even when we were talking about those those menstruators abroad when they're just living their lives and they have to change their lives once a month and it affects them so greatly. And so I, I think it's great talking about that because for a while I feel like for menstruators it is such a, a big change in lifestyle for just a week out of the month. So um, I love talking about it because... It is such a large amount of your time for a menstruator when you're menstruating and it should be accessible and it should be easy for you to to get through this time. But I do want to hear more about your, I know you're a social enterprise, but you do have that philanthropic arm. I do want to hear about your give backs and that portion of your organization. Yeah. So as mentioned, we for every 10 tampons and pads that we sell to an organization, we do donate one. And we donate to organizations that we partner with. So that is period.org. That is Love Your Menses. That is 914 Cares, variety of nonprofits who we have built relationships with. And we donate to them so that they can make sure that their communities are getting access to the products that are needed. We typically make our donations quarterly and uh, we are a for-profit company. And so the more we can grow on that business side, the more we can give back. And mostly our donations are on a quarterly basis. Sometimes they're faster and sometimes they're a little bit slower. I mean, 2020 was hard for us. We, you know, periods don't stop for pandemics, but we rely on people menstruating outside of the home, right? Like we make money based on people using our products at their school or at their workplace. And so the entire industry was was difficult, right? Like our nonprofits do count on us for donating. And now more than ever, People are needing access to products because more and more people are filing for unemployment. More and more people don't have the means to pay for these products. Traditionally, you're spending 10 to $15 a month on tampons and pads. And that's on the middle end. It could be higher. It can be lower. And when you're just losing your job or you're needing an extra meal, you might not spend that kind of money. And so of course, it's it's been difficult for our company and then as a result, been difficult for the partners that we serve. And so thankfully in 2021, we've been bouncing back, we've been doing more, but it, it is difficult. And I recognize that. And obviously we're working really hard to make sure that we can get right back on track and making our donations to the people that need it. Yeah, it, 2020 has been really rough. I do want to talk a little bit more about the fact that you are for profit and a lot of my guests have been nonprofit or mutual aid so they don't even have the 501c3 title what is a social do you consider yourself mm. a social enterprise yeah so variety of different designations for a for profit company that gives back right like there's the buy one give one model there's people consider themselves social impact as a for-profit company that wants to legally demonstrate that they are giving back. You can file as a B corporation rather than a C corporation or an S corporation. And that just means that as a CEO, you are demonstrating that you have a fiscal responsibility to not just 
pay dividends, but also make sure you're caring for the earth and people. Um, that is a B corporation status. And obviously there's other organizations that you can affiliate yourself with as a for-profit company to demonstrate that you're giving back. There's the 1% organization, et cetera, et cetera. For our company, I do consider ourselves a social enterprise baked into our model, baked into our business model is giving back. And also what we do is naturally and inherently, I believe, good for the world, right? Even though we're making money, making sure people have access to tampons and pads on the for-profit side, that is a really important mission that we are moving forward. But yes, you're right. From a for-profit standpoint, I think that the movement in general is all new companies are having some form of donation or give back because consumers are driving it and so are corporations. Corporations are looking to companies that are woman-owned or sustainable to make changes and make investments in. And so um, I think now more than ever, if you're a new company starting, there has to be some form of good or else you're never going to survive. Yeah. And I love that. I love how missions and social impact is just reaching every part of each industry. And, you know, there's not even just nonprofits have been around for so long. The philanthropic sector has been around for so long, but now there's mutual aids and now there's social enterprises where businesses are also doing good. So I, I love that whole shift. I do want to talk about where AntFlow is now. What are you working on? You know, what can we expect? Yeah. Well, in terms of where we're at and where we're going, we're always working hard to support more people in advocating for menstrual products at their schools or at their businesses. And so if you're listening and you're like, holy smokes, there's not tampons and pads available in the bathrooms where I go to work or go to the gym or go to school or go out to eat, you can always shoot us a message, goantflow.com. And you really do have the power to make the change, whether you're in elementary school and advocating with your principal to get products at your elementary school or even in high school, working with legislators to support their business that are passing from a local standpoint, even to a national standpoint, there's always ways to get involved. So right now we're really leaning into supporting those who want to support the mission and giving them resources to feel excited about advocating for accessible tampons and pads. And then what's coming next? Holy guacamole. Um, you're right, Viv. We are looking internationally. How can we support from a uh, international landscape? And what that looks like is there are new countries that are passing sweeping legislation requiring access to menstrual products. In fact, Scotland in 2020 became the first nation to require all public buildings to offer tampons and pads in bathrooms. Following that was uh, New Zealand and then France. France allocated money to even launch a similar program. So across Europe, there are changes. Across Oceania, there are changes. And we are right there advocating and supporting and hopefully there in the bathrooms as well. So that's what's on the horizon. That's awesome. And you touched on this a little bit about someone who wants to see more menstrual access in the schools and businesses around them. Are there other things that people can do to work on this mission, fight for more menstrual access, um, or just stay educated on this topic? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different ways and there's so many different time investments, even from the smallest time investment. You're listening to this podcast. That's awesome. Talk about it with one of your friends. Next level from there is follow us on Instagram at go ant 
flow, F-L-O-W. We're always talking about what's going on in the industry, what legislation is changing, who's involved. It's a great resource for you to just share and stay up to date on what's going on in the menstrual sphere. If you're like, holy guacamole, I want to go even further and advocate for products at my school or in my business bathroom. We do have resources on our website to for you to download and it's a step-by-step guide actually made by students for other students to say here's how you get tampons and pads at your school that's at our website goantflow.com and also like let's say you're living in a state that doesn't have this kind of regulation you actually could write into your senator or state representative and there's probably already a bill in session There is so much conversation around access to menstrual products and different state legislators are already talking about this at the, at the house and at the Senate. And so you can be involved by writing in and saying, yes, this is important to me as a constituent. And if you need help with any of that, I'm always here to be a resource, to be supportive. And you can just email us at Claire. That's my personal email, C-L-A-I-R-E at goanflow.com and we can help you organize, rally, and get involved. And I do want to also talk on education. Like I'm a menstruator, but I might not know all of the issues or the misconceptions about menstruating. Can you break down some taboos and some myths around menstruation for us? Mm, Menstruation taboos and myths. Well, one, you're not the only one that wants to talk about it. That is full stop, like very clear. Everybody wants to talk about the things that aren't being talked about. Menstruation is one of them. And so opening up that platform or opening up the conversation will help others lean in. You know, Viv, today we were talking about girls and girls menstruating, women menstruating, and then also people that don't identify as a woman or a girl that could still be menstruating. And what that looks like is this is our trans population. This is somebody that was born biologically female that transitioned into male, but might still have their period. And that is why we don't use the term feminine hygiene, but instead use the term menstrual product because you can still be menstruating, but not be feminine. And also what the hell does feminine hygiene even mean? Call it what it is. The more that we can say the actual name and the actual product, the more that we can actually make progress in the industry. Saying a sanitary napkin does not make any sense. What the hell is a sanitary napkin? Like just think about the term sanitary napkin. It has, it makes no sense. And so call it what it is. Be clear about what you're talking about, aka a tampon or a pad, not a tampon. Like don't whisper it. Like you got to say tampon, like a real person. And that's the way that we can make some real change, disrupt some taboos and educate ourselves. When you said do the whispering, like I realize I still do that. And mostly when I'm asking another person for a tampon. So I maybe need to stop because <laughs> I'm just perpetuating this. Yeah. I mean, like as you're listening to this podcast, just practice it out loud. Like, hey, Viv, can I have a tampon? Not, hey, Viv, can I have a tampon? Like, it's so wild, the decrescendo in the voice when we get to that word. And the other one, too, it's like, if you're thinking about activism, just like instead of putting the tampon up your sleeve, hold the tampon, right? Like, hold it and take it to the bathroom. You don't have to hide it. Like, you can even practice at your house. I I know that most of us are, you know, at home these days. And so just take practice taking your menstrual pad or, or your menstrual cup, whatever you're using, and practice taking it to the bathroom without shoving it up the sleeve or trying to hide it. 
Yeah, those are some really good lessons just for someone practicing being comfortable with that. I think I still have those issues, mostly around men. How do you mm-hmm. go about talking to maybe the non-menstruators about this? Mm, yeah, you know what we found is that genuinely people are interested, but they aren't able to figure out how to start the conversation, right? Like, I am so thankful to have a boyfriend that is interested. And most boyfriends are, right? Like they don't want to have to learn about tampons the first time that they're asked to go to the store, right? Like they want to know (laughs) how it works, what your cycle is, how to best prepare, how to best support. And also it's like a great opportunity to learn more for yourself. Like I am in industry and still learning, right? Like I learned the other day more about perimenopause and what that life cycle looks like. And so it's not just a one and done. There's more information that's coming out every single day, every single month, every single year. And so in terms of broaching the conversation, you know, I've even encouraged people to talk about the business side. Like, oh, wow, I was just learning about this young woman who started a business around menstruation, right? Like it's more accessible talking about the business. And then you go into the nitty gritty of, you know, this is my cycle. Like, yeah, I've got my period in public and didn't have access to the products that you need and start sharing more personal side. But you can totally use me. Totally use me. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast about Claire Coder and I thought you'd find it interesting. She started her own company and then talk about obviously the subject matter. Yeah, I love it. And I I do want to talk more about what you've learned, any wisdom that, that you have found through your work. Oh man, there's so many different thingy bajiggies, but something that's on my mind as of recently is the concept of you are enough right in this moment. As a business owner, I have been thankful to work with so many other folks that are interested in starting their companies and they're thinking, man, I got to take another class, get another degree, spend more money. I don't have enough, right? Like I don't have enough time. I don't have enough funds. I don't have enough means. But at the end of the day, right now, you do. You have something that's your brain and that's your energy. And that can get the ball rolling. Whatever you have right now in this moment is enough. You don't need an MD next to your name to start a company. You don't need a doctor or like you don't need you don't need all of that anymore. You have the Internet. You have literally the global information right at your fingertips. um, And that is enough to get started. And so that would be my wisdom for today. Awesome. And what continues to drive you in this work and continues to challenge you? Mm. Drive me, holy smokes, the stories. When I have people reaching out saying, Claire, oh my gosh, you your products were at this bar and I got my period and I was on a date and I needed product. Like, thank goodness. Like, right. Like even those small moments that are, you know, important for people that really keeps me going. And then guys, it is so hard some days. Like as a CEO, like trying to navigate and run a business and support my team, which has grown to over 15 people in Ohio. Like, man, it's it's hard, but it's the stories that keep me going and the opportunity to continue to grow and develop is, is just a massive driver for me. Awesome. Well, hey, I am so glad that you never gave. I remember you just bopping around talking about this when we were college students and you really never gave up. And it was, it was awesome to see the progress. And even when I moved away from Columbus, like I saw Antflow on Instagram and LinkedIn and I kept following and it's just been incredible. Mm, yeah, it's been, it's been really crazy. 
<laughs> so awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Claire. It's so good to hear your voice again, to talk and catch up. I hope everything is well with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would love to see you. And thank you so much for inviting me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. For more information, head to our website at whatgivesproject.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.